to 2 Timothy chapter 1. We'll begin our study there in just a moment. Thank you for being here. It's the first day of a new week, and what a blessing it is to be able to spend time with one another to worship our Father once again in spirit and truth. I know we have visitors here. Thank you for being here with us. And today is a big day because it's a new quarter. It's a new Bible class quarter. Really excited about the material and the classes that we're going to be studying. Uh, Sunday, today uh, at 940, we'll stop. We'll say a prayer. And then classes will begin at 9.50 a.m. We have two adult classes. Brother Kevin will be teaching in the back uh, a study of denominations. And I will be here in the auditorium talking about standing on the edge of eternity. So two great classes. And Wednesdays, Brother Wade will be here in the auditorium teaching from uh, the book of Ephesians. So all of the adults will be in here. And we have new Bible classes as well for the young people. And really appreciate just all the work that goes into making this possible every three months. The material that's made, the, the things that are going on in the back, uh, and just making, uh, making this happen. And so really appreciate all the teachers uh, and what everyone is doing. Well, she was raised in the church, but she was never raised to walk in newness of life. She faithfully attended services, but she never obeyed the faith. She gave weekly, but she never gave her heart fully to God. For years, I've talked to this loved one of mine about the gospel, about taking that next step and putting on Christ in baptism. I love her very much, and my family loves her very much, and yet there's never been really a response with her making that step to become a Christian. Do you know someone like this? Maybe someone who has described themselves saying that they were raised in the church, and maybe for years they went to worship services, and for years they attended Bible classes, and maybe they even went to some Christian camps as well. They went to the the Sunday Devos or the Wednesday Devos, depending on what congregation it may have been, or the Saturday Devos, whatever the case may have been. But they never really fully followed Christ. and never maybe even put them on in baptism. The last couple of years, I have met a number of people, and maybe you have as well. I've talked to some of you, where I've just heard people say to me, Throughout a conversation, I, I somehow we end up talking about church or uh, I invite them or maybe they say something and they say, hey, I was raised in the church too. Have you ever met somebody like that? I was raised in the church to, at church as well. However, they're no longer a part of the church. In fact, they're really nowhere to be seen. A couple, I guess it's been about a month right now, Nikki, where we met a, a, a woman uh, in Plano, Texas, and we had a conversation and in the process of time, we started talking about church. We exchanged cards And she said, hey, I was raised in the church. I was baptized. And I said, well, that's that's great. But she's no longer a part of the body of Christ. She's no longer seemingly trying to follow Jesus Christ. I don't know her entire story. In fact, I reached out to her because what I asked her was, can I find out? I want to know more about your story. What happened? And she said, well, well, reach out to me and we'll get together. And I did, but I haven't heard back from her. So I don't know if that's ever going to happen. I was raised in the church. What do people actually mean when they say that? I think there's a couple of thoughts that come to, or at least that come to my mind. Number one, when people say they were raised in the church, they, they went to worship services. They went to Bible classes on a weekly basis, but maybe they never obeyed the gospel, like my family member. And in that sense, they were raised in the church. I think it also could mean that they went to worship services. They learned about God and Jesus and the word of God. And some of them were baptized into Christ. 
but in the process of time, no longer are walking with Jesus, and they are no longer a part of his church. I have one question when I interact with individuals like this, and my question is this. What happened? I truly want to know what happened. Because the amount of people that I've met and maybe that you have met throughout the years who have said this, I was raised in the church, and now they're just kind of vanished. I really want to know what happened. I was raised in the church, and maybe many of you have been raised or going to worship services on a weekly basis and from a child being taught the word of God and and learning more about God and and his son Jesus Christ and and worship and and who God is and what this is really all about. I know many of you have and maybe for some of you you haven't. Maybe some of you are are, are new to the faith and new to the scriptures and and new to the body of Christ. This morning I want to consider a few thoughts about this idea of being raised in the church and This is really designed for our young people, but the more I started thinking about this sermon, it actually has application for all of us. Because so many of us who are adults have been raised in the church. And there are some vital thoughts that I want to share with you. I was listening to some of my other sermons recently here with, uh, for our young people. And, uh, some of those sermons had like six points to them and things like that. You may be a little bit surprised today. I only have two points in my sermon. That's right. I only have two. Now, that does not necessarily mean I'll get done on time, but that is my goal. I'm going to get done by 940. I want to talk about this idea about being raised in the church. The first thought that I have is this. If you have been raised in the church, then really appreciate what you have. If you have been raised in the church, and here's what I mean. If you have godly parents who make it a priority for you to be at worship services each first day of the week, that is a blessing. That really is. It is a blessing, and you really need to appreciate that. Young people, parents that you have who recognize the value of Scripture and recognize the wisdom of God's Word and want to share that with you, that really is a big deal. And I say that because there are lots of young people who don't really have that. There are lots of young people, unfortunately, who don't have two parents in the home. There's lots of young people whose parents are not teaching them anything about the Word of God. And, they're call, and that, that's certainly going to hurt them later on in life. And so for the young people, something important for you just to think about right now is to really count your blessings. Count your blessings and truly name them one by one. Don't take what you have right here, right now for granted. And what I mean is use this time that you have to learn and this opportunity where you have your parents who are assisting you and pushing you in the right direction utilize what they are giving you. I ask you to turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1 because I think about, I think about Timothy. And in 2 Timothy chapter 1, Paul and Timothy, they had a, a very close relationship. They worked together. We learned something about Timothy that I think is appropriate as we think, this, think about this idea of, of godly parents and having this positive influence uh, as your parents strive to teach you the right things. In verse 1, the Bible says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of life in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve with a clear conscience the way my forefathers did, as I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day. We know that Paul loved Timothy very much. Now watch what he says about his parents, or about his mom and his grandmother, rather. He said, for I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, 
So Paul recognized Timothy in that he was walking with God. I'm mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I'm sure that it is in you as well. I love this example of Timothy here who was influenced by his mother and influenced by his grandmother to learn the scriptures and to know what was right and to know what was wrong. In fact, in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 14 and verse number 15, as Paul continued to talk to Timothy, he said, you, however, continue in the things. Look at verse 14. You have learned and become convinced of. Timothy had learned a lot of things. You, uh, you hold on. You continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them. And that from childhood, listen to that, from childhood, you have known the sacred writings, which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. His mom and his grandmother had been planting seeds with respect to the word of God with respect to the Holy Scriptures. In fact, if you recall in our Bible reading, Troy gave us an invitation from Acts chapter 16 and talked just a bit about Timothy. Go back to Acts chapter 16 and look at verse number 1. Again, we are reminded about Timothy, and I'm sharing this with you because I want you to see that Timothy, he didn't take for granted the teaching that was given to him by his grandmother or his mother. He understood the importance of what was being given to him. In Acts chapter 16 and verse number 1, Paul came also to Derbe and to Lystra, and a disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a, of a Jewish woman. So we get some more details about his mom, and who was a believer. So in the process of time, she was converted to Christ. What's interesting here, it says, but his father was a Greek. And so it appears that his father may not have been a Christian. That's my understanding. And he was well spoken of by the brethren. I want you to think about that. Well spoken of by the brethren. This young man had godly influences in his life. And he listened to mom and dad or his mother and he listened to his grandmother and he utilized the opportunity that he had so that he could one day follow the Messiah. And so I say all of that because Timothy didn't take for granted what was given to him. Now think about what's been given to you. Think about your parents and think about what they are trying to give to you. They're trying to give you a godly example. And they're trying to lead you down the right path. At 940, we're going to break for Bible classes. And I want you to think about your teachers when you go into that classroom today. And your teachers here when you go into the class on Wednesdays. There's a lot of work that's being involved in that. There's a lot of preparation that's taking place. Why? Well, because we care about your soul. Because we want you to learn the word of God. And I want you to think about that. I want you to think about what your parents are providing for you. And think about the sermons that you hear and the godly individuals that surround you here as well. Being raised in the church is a great blessing. And I think sometimes there's a danger of not fully appreciating what we really have. Now, I I can't speak for everyone because I really haven't gotten all the details with individuals who have said that they were raised in the church and now they're no longer to be seen. But one thing I do know is that we need to appreciate what we have. And this may not be the exact, an exact comparison, but I want you to think of Luke chapter 3. I want you to turn over there to Luke chapter 3 because while it's a blessing to be raised in the church, I think there are some dangers uh, as well. Uh, being raised in the church does not mean that you can just kind of rest and say, okay, I, I got it all. Uh, it doesn't mean that you can just kind of just kind of glide through that we can just kind of glide through with with our faith and what we're doing here and I I think about this example with John the Baptist in Luke chapter 3 
when John the Baptist was preaching in John chapter 3, and he was talking to uh, the Pharisees in John 3, and he said in verse number 7, So he began saying to the crowds who were going out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore bear fruits in keeping with repentance, and do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham for our father. For many, the mindset in the first century was, at least for many of the Jews, we're from the descendant of of Father Abraham. Uh, We're from the proper pedigree. We're from the proper lineage. And so everything is okay. And while they were from the proper lineage, sometimes that was taken for granted. And they weren't listening to what God wanted them to do. Peter was preaching a message of repentance. And so he said to them, don't say to yourselves, we have Abraham for our father. For I say to you that from these stones, God is able to raise up children to Abraham. Indeed, the axe is already laid at the root of the tree. So every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. He wanted them to wake up while they had been from the proper lineage. They had forgotten some things and they were not listening to what God wanted them to do. And while that may not be the the perfect comparison, I want you just to think about the blessing that you have being raised in the church, it doesn't just mean that, that everything's all figured out, that you get a free pass going to heaven. There's some things that you need to consider about your walk with Christ. Number one, appreciate the blessings you actually have here and with your parents and with godly individuals like your shepherds and, and deacons and, and the women and the other men in this congregation who want to lead you down the right path. And as you think about that, I want you to think about something else. This idea about being raised in the church, one of the biggest things that you as young people, and really all of us, because I've been raised in the church, I've been a part of the, been going to worship services probably since I was born. And in the process of time, you learn things and you grow. And for the young people, I want to really encourage you to develop your shield of faith. I've mentioned this before, and I want to say it again. You have to have your own shield of faith. You have great opportunities here. But you still are going to have to walk with Christ. You see, when it comes to making it to heaven, one's not going to be able to get there just by holding on to mom and dad's faith. That should be a motivating factor. You should be positively influenced by your mother and your father, your grandmother, your grandfather, maybe your brothers and your sisters as well. They should motivate you and hopefully encourage you to follow in the same path. But ultimately, you have to make your own decision. You have to make your decision. Jesus makes that very clear. Can we read a couple of verses in Luke chapter 9 and then in Luke chapter 14? And I just want you to listen to what Jesus says here about those who are going to be his disciples. Hopefully in the process of time, our young people will make that decision to put on Christ and to follow him and to take up their cross. I want you to notice what Jesus said here in Luke chapter 9 and verse number 23. Luke 9 and verse 23, Jesus, he said, and he was saying to them all, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself. We're all going to have to do that. You just can't get by on mom and dad. You must deny yourself. He must deny himself and take up his cross daily. I have a cross and you are going to have a cross that you're going to have to take up daily to follow Jesus. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, he is the one who will save it. For what is a man profited if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? The emphasis is upon each one of us. We need to be motivated. I hope and pray you are motivated by your mom and dad, but you're going to have to take up your own cross. And you're going to have to follow Jesus. You're going to have to make that decision. You will have to have your shield of faith. 
In Luke chapter 14, Jesus makes this very clear. While Timothy had Eunice and Lois to encourage him, he still had to take up his own cross. He still had to make that decision to follow Jesus. Jesus said in Luke chapter 14, actually in verse 25, now large crowds were going along with him. And he turned and said to them, if anyone comes to me, does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross, there it is, and come after me cannot be my disciple. So all of us are going to have to do this. It's not just for the young people, but all of us are going to have to make this decision. And I love the fact that that's exactly what Timothy did. Go back and look again at Acts chapter 16. We just read it a second ago. But the fact that Timothy, and there are so many things you can maybe say about this. In Acts chapter 16, Timothy was certainly influenced by his mother and his grandmother. If it was the case, his father was not a Christian, and that's my understanding in the language there, that he was the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. That says something really strong about Timothy. And I don't know exactly if his father was alive or if he became a Christian after maybe his father died or whatever the case may have been. But I do know this. He made a decision to follow Christ. He made a decision to follow him. And it says he was well spoken of by the brethren. And so this wasn't just him just kind of saying, well, everybody else is doing it. I should do it as well. He said, no, I'm going to do this. And it showed that he had taken up his own cross and that he was willing to follow Jesus. As parents, The young people, you need to understand, if you remember my sermon about a month ago, you guys remember that sermon? Do your job from Ephesians chapter 6. Parents, we have a job too. We have a job to do. And we must do our job. You go back and look at Ephesians chapter 6. Parents, we have a big responsibility. And and one of the things hopefully we are cultivating and, and seeds that we are planting is helping our children to know the true and living God as Paul talked about in Acts chapter 17, and to love him and to fear him and to ultimately serve him. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up. We need, that's, that's part of our job. We need to bring you up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. We have to do our part as parents, but young people, you need to understand something too. You have a choice you have to make period. You got to make your own choice and you need to truly value what your mom and your dad or your uncle and your aunt or whoever it may be. You need to truly value what they are giving you. Your faith, your faith needs to be strong enough so that when you graduate from here, from high school or from college or wherever you may be, that you, you suddenly just don't drop off a cliff and disappear and vanish from worshiping God. Your faith needs to be strong enough where you're going to continue to worship God without prompting from mom or dad and forcing you to make sure that you get to worship services. Your faith is going to have to be strong enough. You're going to have to develop it so that you will seek to avoid sin, whether your mom and dad ever find out about what you may or may not be doing. Our faith has to develop. Your faith has to develop. And you need a faith in Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus that will be strong enough to help you in tough situations. I think about Joseph, and we don't have time to to read about Joseph. But Joseph found himself in a strange land, away from mom and dad, away from his brothers, who actually put him in that situation. But nonetheless, he's on his own. What happens so many times when young people are on their own? 
Well, if not careful, we can begin to go down the wrong path. Young people can. But Joseph, in a strange land, he continued to worship. He continued to trust. He continued to walk with God. And some of you are in a strange land right now. It's called college. College is a strange land, isn't it? I mean, you're going to hear things and see things you may have never heard or seen before. Some of you are in a strange land. It's called high school. And there's a lot of things that go on in high school. It's been a long time since I've been in high school. But I'm not that old. I still know what's happening in high school, all right? You guys are living in a strange land. And you're going to have to have your shield of faith. Later on in the same chapter in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 10, Paul said, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, and we forget that so often, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness and the heavenly places. Paul is pulling back the curtain on this spiritual battle. And we are in a spiritual battle, and the devil is coming after you. It doesn't matter how young or old you may be. He wants you. And he doesn't want you to continue to develop in your faith. Yet this is what the Holy Spirit wants you to do, what God wants you to do. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day. And having done everything, to stand firm. Stand firm. He says it there three times. And in verse 16, as he talks about this, uh, the other elements of, of our armor, he says, in addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. You have to have your shield of faith. Mom and dad are here to help you, but ultimately you have to have your shield of faith. We all need to know about, including young people, the faith that's been delivered once for all. We need to know about one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. And we need to know what we believe concerning Jesus and the resurrection. Remember what John or Thomas said in John chapter 20 and verse 28? After he saw Jesus and touched Jesus, he had the confidence and knowledge and belief to be able to say, my Lord and my God, my Lord and my God. That's the faith that we need to have. And you can have that, but you're going to have to stay connected to God and his word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The resurrection is going to have to be of first importance in your life, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now, being raised in the church, it's a wonderful blessing. What we have here this morning is a great blessing. Don't take it for granted. It shouldn't cause us to become complacent or idle. Rather, hopefully, we will be motivated to to grow even more. That's what we're called to do. We're called to grow. Christians grow. And we need to continue to strengthen our walk with Jesus. And so I want to close with a question for all of us. What are we doing to build our faith? We all are supposed to have our own shield of faith. Whether or not our husband has it or our wife has it, our children have it, our friends have it, we have to make a decision, I'm going to follow Jesus, period. Are we increasing in our prayers? Are we increasing in our Bible study? Are we truly listening to what God wants us to do or have we become, have we become a little bit complacent? If you find yourself, you have lost your first love. And remember the words in Revelation chapter 2. Repent. That's what we need to do. And, and find that love again and that passion again and that, that love for what God has done for us. 
Being raised in the church is not a bad thing. It's a great thing. It's a blessing. And so we need to make sure that we truly appreciate exactly what we have here. Have you been raised in the church? If you have, be thankful. Better, maybe a better question or another question, have you been raised with Christ? Your parents want you to develop your faith so that one day you will become a Christian. And if you have been raised with Christ, be thankful and remember what he's done for you. And will you remain with Christ and in his body? I pray that you do. This is God's desire for us all. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for the blessings you give to us. Thank you for this family that meets here. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the young people and their faith and their courage. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for so many godly parents that that serve here, that worship here, that strive to follow you. Help us, Father, to always remain with you each and every day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.